Hey there, this is Sophie Dalton, and I'm welcoming you to the Soulful Warrior Podcast, where we go deep in money, business, spirituality, activism, and living your purpose so that you can go live life on your own damn terms. Follow me on my journey to creating a million-dollar business based on the concept of empowering the divine feminine. Listen closely, and you just might watch all of your craziest dreams come true as we go. Let's do this. So I'm super excited to be here with Jamie Atkinson. We connected at, actually we never met in person, but we were both at Funnel Hacking Live. And then we connected online and we both made incredibly scary investments in Russell Brunson's $30,000 program. And I can speak for myself that I did not have that money in the bank when I signed up. And I know from stalking Jamie that it's the same for him. So today we're going to talk about risk and entrepreneurship. And Jamie, would you like to introduce yourself and what you do? Yeah, what's up, guys? Hi, I'm super excited to be on the podcast today. Um, just to give you guys a little background about me, I'm trying to think of like some cool buzzwords. You know, most most people when they get introduced as guests, it's like, hmm, here's my six amazing things I've accomplished. Like, <laughs> you know, I've been in this game about two years. Uh, kind of our unique proposition, I guess, is that we travel the world full time. You know, we we tend to go from place to place, two three months at a time, and we're in from Thailand to all over the world. And um, the big thing of what we do is, you know, we run this marketing agency, which is a whole lot of fun. Uh, and really the big thing for me is I just want to reach as many people as possible and just help them because it's crazy, right? There's so many entrepreneurs who are struggling and they've got this kind of big dreams about the, what, what they want to accomplish. And it's really hard to get there. And, you know, there's so many people who are in the same boat. It's nice to connect them and, and help them out. It's, it's all right. Yeah, 100%. I mean, there are so many people who are on incredible missions that just are missing, like missing the link between having the good stuff happening and then actually delivering it to the people just because the people don't yet know about it. And there's a myth that, that definitely Russell talks about of the myth of build it and they will come and how marketing really solves that problem. Like some people think, I don't know if you studied marketing in college but I did not. And I just had a negative connotation associated with it that like, that it was the, the, like the car salesman feeling, right? Yeah. I mean, this is going to be probably surprising and it's kind of funny that we're two entrepreneurs who are doing marketing, but I also don't come from a background of, of marketing. I, I never did it before. <laughs> you know, I, my background is actually, you know, I was, I was pretty good in school and I was pretty committed, but like when I was 16, I went and got a full-time job. And, um, you know, I did my, I finished off my, uh, college course in, in my spare time, um, on my one day off a week that I had in my business, but that's yeah. like kind of how I grew up. And, you know, all my friends were like, I'm going to go to in the UK, we call it university, which is the equivalent of college in the U S and my mm -hmm. friends would be like, Hey, I want to go to university. I want to do this. I want to go travel the world. And I was like, dude, I just want to get a business and I just want to work my ass off. And like, that was, that was my mentality. I didn't know exactly what I wanted that to be but I knew I wanted a business, mm. but it wasn't until like way later and not even that long ago. You know, I, I think sometimes when people listen to these podcasts, they kind of can disassociate themselves from where that person is. You know, they're like, well, it's easy for you to say, Jamie, you're on this podcast mm -hmm. and you went to ClickFunnels and you're in this $30,000 coaching program. Like, dude, I wasn't even with ClickFunnels in October of 2018. That's mm -hmm. kind of crazy, right? And then all of a sudden you start to get this momentum that comes behind and that's when stuff really starts to happen. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. And I just felt that, like, I, 
I felt that commitment of like when you both when you make the internal emotional commitment, but also when you do something crazy, like, like invest in yourself in a terrifying way, there's literally this shift. It's like, it's like kind of gears lock into place and all of a sudden things start to accelerate and you, you start to play at a totally different level. So how have you experienced that in with your own risk taking? I mean, it's kind of crazy because I mean, just to take it right back to the beginning, um, risk was really not a big factor that I had in my life. And, you know, just to just to give the audience some perspective of kind of where I came from, you know, obviously, I went and started in that job when I was 16. And um, when I was 19, you know, I'd been working in a computer company for three years, I was in on the sales floor, I ended up doing loads of stuff like social media and all these different bits and pieces. But I went to work for a bigger company and I started to get paid more. And, you know, I started to have this very, very successful sales career, you know, and I got promoted and I went into management and I got, you know, selected as the youngest salesman in the company ever to get the level of excellence, which was the prestigious award within the company at the time. And things started to really go well for me. You know, I was starting to hit the ground running. Everybody you meet, it's kind of like, yeah, you're going to do this. You can, you can get to that next level. But it was all within that corporate environment, right? And, uh, you know, one of the biggest things that I kind of remember growing up was that although I knew I wanted to be in business, I was absolutely terrified of taking any risk. Mm. You know, I was in this position where, and it actually, you know, I talk in some of my uh, podcast episodes that I put out um, about, you know, my past and the reason why that is, but it all kind of comes down to my dad when I was younger, is there was a lot of pressure put on me in that when I made a mistake, I would get shouted at, you know, and it's really funny how these small things actually stick with you and you realize later on but you know for the longest time i wasn't okay with taking risks at all so i would be in the career i would do the job you know i would work my butt off but it would always be the case that it was the carrot and the stick right it's like this dangled carrot you were jumping through the hoops and it was always like you get a bit closer you get a bit closer but you're never really achieving that kind of success that's kind of promised you in that corporate world it's like yeah you know you're doing the good stuff but you you need a couple more years of commitment we need to see that you're really really committed to be able to level and you know um a couple years back it was actually uh, in 2016 now so for three years back that's scary huh uh i was you know i, I was working in the store miles away from where i'd been and uh, i was sat in this store i'd been staying in a hotel for a month for the company away from my social life putting in extra hours to work out and i just said to myself i was like you know, I fancy a holiday. Where am I going to go? And I, and I never took holidays, right? And within about a 10-day span, I, you know, had decided I was going to go on a holiday. I booked a ticket to Spain. I went to Berlin. Uh, sorry, uh, Berlin, not Spain. I went to Berlin um, all the way up to Prague. Then somebody told me in Berlin that, oh, by the way, Oktoberfest's on. You should come down. So I ended up booking a spontaneous train to go and experience Oktoberfest with all the beer and the, you know, and the, and the cheering. And then I was back in this seat 10 days later, and I was saying to myself, you know what? I cannot wait until another 355 days when I can do that trip again. And then in my mind, just something clicked. And I was like, oh my God, I cannot be living my life this way. That's just insane. And that mm -hmm. was the first time that I had ever kind of considered that I wanted to take this next step and begin my entrepreneurial journey. And I ended up, you know, doing research. I remember typing in, I was at that desk that day and I typed in how to make money online. And one of these blogs with like 17 ways you can make money on the internet. I called Sean Ogle and I ended up signing up and being a part of, uh, of this guy's website and ended up making my own blog. And for about a year, I kind of dabbled with the idea of a blog, really started to get the first things of understanding how it works, email lists, all of these little kind of key points that you need to build up that knowledge. And that was like mm -hmm. the first beginning point. But mm -hmm. then, you know, when 
there was this kind of moment where about nine months later, I, I was sucked back into the corporate world, right? And it was like, ooh, ooh, promotion. Come, come check mm-hmm. out the promotion over here. And I ended up, you know, trying to go for this promotion. It was this really, really difficult store right in the center of Birmingham in the UK. And it's this multi ethnic store where about 11 times a year. Very, very difficult store to run. I ended up going for it, got the promotion, Was everything was going great. And then right in the middle of this situation, I just started in this brand new store with a whole new team. And then two weeks into it, you know, I get a phone call from my dad and my sister turns out to have cancer. And this just wow. throws a complete spanner in the works. And she has, uh, you know, she had cancer in her kidney. She luckily she got a kidney removed and she's okay now. But at the time, you know, she, she was the youngest person ever to have it in the UK. They only usually see it in people who are 60 plus and she was 29. So they were like completely baffled. So I got mm-hmm. all of this like pressure from my family. My dad's on the phone every day. He's upset. And, you know, I, I'm just like crumbling on the inside. You know, it wasn't even happening to me, but that kind of pressure, I couldn't even talk customers I couldn't give them so you know I spoke to my my area manager my boss at the time and I said to him look this is the situation I can't deal with this I need to go back to my store my comfort zone where my team around me love me and can support me while this is happening and I told him what happened and you know in no uncertain terms he said to me you know if you go back to that store you're going to go back as a salesman and you'll never be a manager in this business again mm. and this was this like huge moment where I was like these people don't care about me. Mm. It's just a corporation. Mm. And within like probably three seconds of him saying that I said, great, I'll take the demotion. I'll be gone in two months. And I went back to this other store and I was like, holy shit, what have I just done? Right. I was like thrown away five years of like this corporate career. And this was the first time I've ever really like taken a risk. It was that Mm. moment. And this was in uh, June of 2017. And what happened was, you know, I I saw this course that came across via email called the Paradise Pack. And it was actually that first guy who I'd read his blog post. He promoted it and said, hey, check this out. When I took this Paradise Pack, I put everything into it. I ended up launching an online business. And within three months, I'd quit my job and I'd packed everything up, sold everything I owned. And I left and I, and I went and started traveling and that was it, you know, and that was probably one of the biggest risks in my life that I've ever taken. But it was, it was kind of forged from this realization that I'm never going to get to the place that I want to get to in the position I'm in right now. And, you know, maybe some people that are listening to this, their story, they're, ne- they're not necessarily going to come to a moment, which is severe as that. That was a pretty hard, you know, pill to swallow. But I'm kind of thankful that it happened because it gave me that push I needed to jump into this kind of new direction which is crazy, you know, but I ended up doing it. I pushed myself, um, you know, I ended up getting drunk a lot along the way while I'm traveling and trying to figure it out. But eventually I started to figure out, okay, this is the marketing. This is what I want to do. And then fast forward, you know, almost a year later, I come across the ClickFunnels One Funnel Away Challenge, start to really get involved with ClickFunnels and understand what it is. Fast forward a bit further, you know, we're at ClickFunnels at the Funnel Hacking Live event. And before I know it, you know, I've, I've got hardly any money in the bank and I'm signing up for a $30,000 coaching program. And, mm-hmm. you know, talk about scary and talking about getting uncomfortable. You know, I, this is a person, you know, to put it into perspective that would never take risks because I was, I was always the person that would save face and be like, oh, yeah, I could do that but would never go and take the risk to actually do it. And that was the first, you know, these last couple of years, I've been really getting out of my comfort zone. And a lot of it is kind of coming down to not caring about what other people think. You know, I did for the longest time, a whole bunch of stuff on Instagram, and it was all posting about me traveling and seeing all of those kind of amazing things like that. 
And you, I, you know, I was traveling and posting these pictures when I was in these amazing countries. And to anybody that was looking from the outside, it would look like, oh, hey, you're having a great time. You're obviously doing well. You're in Thailand. It's a beautiful weather. You know, obviously you're making it. But actually inside, I was petrified because I was losing money. I wasn't making money, but I wasn't telling the real story. I wasn't telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And it was only really after I went to ClickFunnels that now, you know, my, my whole podcast, The Entrepreneur Junkie Movement, is all about shedding light on the truth of entrepreneurship. It's all about, look, it's really difficult. It's really hard. That's not your fault. That is just the way it is in business. And that's okay. And it's just, I'm trying to help educate people in the reality that, you know, when you build your own business and you have to build yourself from the ground up, there isn't always support there. And, and But there is support online that you can get hold of and these different communities and it's actually okay to tell the truth you know like i'm happy to say right now like i don't have a lot of money in the bank when i signed up for this coaching program i think i had six thousand dollars um it was twenty five hundred dollars for that first month um <laughs> and then what happened is i got home and the one client i did have asked for a refund i ended up having to refund her two thousand dollars and i had like fifteen hundred dollars left and i knew in 30 days time it was twenty five hundred dollars coming out so you can imagine my brain was like freaking out like oh my god how am i gonna make it lots of you know hectic kind of weeks very very kind of low points where i felt like just giving up and every day i was just wanting to roll over and just put on netflix and escape and not have to deal with it um but you know we're on the back end of it now i managed to get a client so you know i've got i'm not all the way there but at least i'm not broke and i'm still figuring out along the way but i'm trying to tell you know the real story of people because all of this wouldn't have been possible if i hadn't taken the risk But also the thing to realize is that by taking that risk, you're putting yourself in a position where it's like, well, if I want to get to this goal, I have to be all in, right? And there's no better all in than not having any money left and like, well, this is make or break. And, you know, to paint the picture, I'm in America right now. If I can't afford a a plane ticket home and I overstay my welcome, they'll throw me in jail. Like they ain't scared about doing that, you know? (laughs) So I have to make the money and I have to deliver. And it's that whole Tony Robbins burn the boat scenario. You know, if they, if you want to capture the islands and take the islands, you have to burn the boat so there's no escape. And then the only way to succeed is to push through and, and kind of battle your way into success, right? Mm-hmm. 100%. And I love what you're saying, the connection that you're making between risk and the relationships in your life, because risks is so like, especially when we're starting or when we're, when we're pivoting or when we're becoming more of ourselves, the, the thing that is most terrifying is absolutely what are our family and friends going to think? What are they going to say? Even if it's like a passing comment from your aunt or your neighbor or that one friend on like, you know, sometimes I have, I have, I've had just last week, I had my seventh grade boyfriend come on a live stream <laughs> where I was talking. I mean, about, sure. Like, yeah, let's go for it. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like, you're not my ideal client, but, but like these people, they're still, cause when you, when you become yourself in the online space, you're a, you're opening yourself up to the opinions of all of these people who aren't who, where it's not an equal exchange, right? Like they're not going on lives. They're just, they're just kind of being like voyeuristic watching you do it. And so that's like the real emotional risk that is behind all of this, all of this transformation and change. And like what you're talking about with presenting the, the expert look, I love your, I love your honesty in sharing the, like the financial situation and the emotional situation, because you're so right that 
it's, it's a freaking journey, man. And you have to really commit to it. And when it's not going right, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. You just, it's just part of embracing the journey. Yeah, hundred percent. And look, it's, and it's real scary. And I, I think for the longest time, especially in the last kind of six months where I've been trying to get business, my mind has been telling me, yo, you can't tell your customers that you're broke because they aren't going to want to give you money. Right. So I was terrified of publishing the truth about myself because mm -hmm. I thought if I publish the truth and then a potential client goes on, sees my, you know, Facebook page and I'm talking about how I don't have money and how I'm struggling and how I'm trying to make it work, then they're going to see that as, well, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And there was that real fear in my mind, but the reality of the situation is like, even if they do see that, well, you know, you might lose a customer or you might might lose too but ultimately the long game you are going to earn a lot of more respect you're going to get your tribe people are going to really resonate you know a lot of people think that people resonate with success but they don't they resonate with failure and challenges and, and obstacles and uh, and it's so funny because just talking about those uh, what you're saying about the personal relationships you know your family is there to support you and all that stuff but like i've had my dad text me at least three times in the last three weeks going hey son listen I don't think you should be telling people you're broke. I don't think people are going to pay you if you do that. Right. And I'm like, don't worry, dad. You know, if you're a millionaire, I'd listen to your advice, but you're not. So I'm going to listen to the millionaires and do what they say, you know, <laughs> and, and he, and he, and he didn't take offense. Cause he knows I was joking, but it's right. Right. You know, you listen to all these things. My, my sister, she texts me, um, dude, dude, you sent me three emails this week. How do I unsubscribe? Right. And like, you're getting this from like your family who's there to support you and your friends sometimes. And that's like, that can suck and that can really hurt, but like, that's okay because they don't understand the hustle. They don't understand the grind. Mm -hmm. They're not understanding what you're trying to do. And that's okay because they're not your target audience. And I think this is a mistake that a lot of people make is that they feel like they have to get validation from their family members or their friends. And actually your family is there for support, but you shouldn't always necessarily so get validation from them for your business ideas and business endeavors because they don't understand it and that's okay you know mm -hmm. so the way that that we try and do it now there's a really great talk about this at you know at click funnels at the funnel hacking live event is that in your right palm you should have your business connections your business tribe those are the people that understand that are there to support you the facebook groups the mastermind groups the you know coaching groups the people you can go to and say hey i fell on my face today it was really sucky and you're trying to figure out how i do this and they can say well try this try this it's okay you've got this and then you've got your family on the other hand which is really just there to support you from a loving position not to try and understand and consume your content and have an opinion on it and i think that's that's a different that's a very difficult uh, separation to make because when we start out as entrepreneurs we don't always have that tribe. So we do rely on the people we're closest to. And, and sadly that can taint those relationships. And sometimes, you know, even, even me, I felt some resentment towards the people in my life. Sometimes, you know, I felt resentment. I could very easily have like resented my sister for saying, Hey, you know, can you unsubscribe me like that six months ago, that would have hurt. And I probably wouldn't have spoke to her for three months, but you know, looking now I understand like, yeah, actually, if you're not interested in marketing, it's probably, really annoying getting four emails a day about a podcast launch, right? Do you care about a podcast launch for entrepreneurs? Like stop sending me emails, you know? So yeah. I can kind of understand that now, but it takes that perspective to be able to really grasp that and realize that not everybody that's close to you necessarily gives a shit about what you're doing, you know, but they can still support you even if they don't give a shit. That's important. <laughs> yes. I love that. That it's crazy that you mentioned it because it's actually that line and that theory that was the click in me where I was like, fuck, I have to sign up for this <laughs> because I went into Funnel Hacking Live feeling 
feeling very isolated from people that understood what I was doing, feeling like I was like, yeah, I knew that I was being a workaholic, but I was like building a fucking empire, you know, like, so there was nobody to not complain about, but like commiserate with in the journey because, because I didn't want the simple answer of like, well, why don't you get a job? You know, because I know where I'm going and I'm confident and I'm enjoying my work, but that doesn't mean that it's, that it's rainbows and butterflies all the time. Yeah, you still get failures, right? These things can hit you in the face and, and it can hurt. Yeah, for sure. I actually just got off a call with a Facebook ads expert who was like, like slashing my effort so far. He was like, this is horrible. Take this down, take this down. And I was like, I texted you right before. I was like, I'll send you a link in 10 minutes. And I literally lay on my floor and I was like, <gasps> and, that, and that can be really difficult, right? And, you know, and anybody who's probably listening, who, who's in these beginning stages of entrepreneurship or even, even really far into it can feel this, this burn sometimes like, you put your life and soul and hours of your life into creating this this thing that, that you love and you hold it dear and it's like incredible. And then somebody just takes a massive shit on top of it and says, no, it's terrible. And that sucks. But also you have to remember, like, it's really difficult, but sometimes you have to try and not be romantic with what you're trying to produce. And, um, you know, and, and I just want to say really quickly, because, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of people, especially within the coaching program, um, sometimes people listening might think, well, that sounds great. You know, it would be great to have that support, but I can't afford to pay $30,000 for a coaching program. It's really important to remember that you don't have to pay for a coaching program to get that kind of support. You know, anybody yeah. that's listening, there's a free ClickFunnels um, Facebook group, which is full of amazing people. There's the One Funnel Away Challenge, which is an incredible promotion for like a hundred dollars where you get 30 days of live coaching there's ways that you can get support and like the one funnel away has got something like 15 or 20,000 people within that facebook community and 20,000 people sounds like a lot but when you drill down to the people who are actually posting every day supporting you commenting on your stuff it's much nearer to more like 500 people and when you start to see those faces every single day you can start to build relationships with these people and you know i have a whole host of people that you know, whenever I'm down or I put, you know, I've got a problem or there's something that's happening, I know I can reach out to them and speak to them about it. And they don't pass judgment. They just let to support me, give me ideas, kick me up the ass if I need it to say, yo, this is you being a mopey bastard, like figure it out and get sorted. And sometimes you need to hear that, you know, and, you know, from a place of love, they can definitely do that. But mm -hmm. it's, you know, the biggest challenge I think sometimes is just getting started. People have that fear of like, is this going to fail? And the, the biggest, you know, mindset shift for me has been the realization that failing is okay. And, you know, and, and obviously I mentioned it earlier in the episode, but like, like that failing part is something that's really, you know, part of my identity because it's from when I was very young, you know, in the environment I was raised in. And that was a very, very difficult belief to shift that mm -hmm. it is okay to fail because I would feel physical pain anytime I was put in a position where I was like, this could fail. And I know I'm going to, you know, be, it's not, I'm not going to get in trouble now, but it feels like that, you know, it's the same pressure. Mm -hmm. So realizing that it's okay to fail and, you know, you can just put stuff out there and if nobody sees it, it doesn't matter. And that's good because you'll learn how to do it better next time, or you'll learn what works, or maybe you just posted on a Friday afternoon and everyone was going down the pub or, you know, you can start to figure out what happens, but you can't figure shit out if you don't take action. And that all starts with being okay with failing and with taking risk. Mm -hmm. I love it so much. The, and the biggest, like what you said about getting a, a helpful kick in the ass, 
Um, the best one that I've gotten so far since investing, it has been that when you're stressed about money to ask yourself if you're providing value. And I see this in my clients a lot too, that, that, that people it's, I think we want to complicate business or whatever the problem is to kind of throw our hands up in the air and like accidentally victimize ourselves because it's easier to say, you know, it's the market, it's, it's the algorithm, it's, it's X, Y, Z, whatever it, it is that's going on when really just ask yourself, Truly, are you being consistent? Are you being clear? And are you showing up even when you're starting to get discouraged? Like, yeah, it's so important to be able to just show up and be like, okay, I can tackle this today. And, you know, like we do, we do some high level coaching now for some people, like we're doing it for free for a couple of six figure agency owners now and, and a couple of very uh, high up entrepreneurs, but we're talking to them about the strategy and it's like, it's actually okay to try stuff. And sometimes it's not even what you're putting out that isn't good. It's just who you're talking to. And, you know, we talk about this a lot within the ClickFunnels space and especially with Steven Larson, he talks a lot about, you know, the who, who are you actually talking to? And is that, you know, is that a market that is ready to listen? to what you're doing sometimes you've got the best product in the world the best sales letter in the world the best video and that's all amazing stuff but you're just trying to sell to the wrong person and mm. sometimes it can just take that perspective to figure that out but like you say it's like if you're not prepared to show up and to at least try mm -hmm. you know you, you gotta you gotta put yourself out there yeah 100 percent. so why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are like what is that strategy of finding the, um, the six and seven figure people and coaching them a little bit for free. What so, did you offer them? Yeah. So the challenge here is, is for me, especially, you know, up until about six months ago, I was dealing with uh, orthodontists and gym owners and, and, and businesses like that. And, you know, we selected them because we knew we could get them results in the industry. But as much as I love helping a business owner make more money, orthodontists just don't do it for me, you know? Like, yeah, I like you, dude. I can help you make money, but I am not going to wake up and be absolutely jumping to the moon to talk about orthodontic stuff. There are people out there that do, and, you know, kudos to them. That's their passion. But that ain't me, right? I just picked them because it was a niche that I knew I could get results in. So very recently, I've been taking a step back and, and sort of realizing, well, who could I actually talk to all day, every day, help them to grow and, you know, figure out how to make more money in their business. And, you know, going to Funnel Hacking Live and talking to a whole bunch of entrepreneurs, it became immediately obvious to me. I can talk all day to entrepreneurs and I love it. And it doesn't even feel like work to me. And, you know, I spoke to people and helped them with different strategies. And, and it, it became pretty apparent that one of my superpowers is, is to have like this top level view of being able to say, okay, you need this guy and you need this and you need this offer and this kind of traffic and to help people figure out the whole formation of what their plans get going to be and you know it's not just with you know high level entrepreneurs i did this with one of my friends who runs a hostel in thailand you know we sat down and mapped out a plan for her and she's now making a lot of extra online income whereas before she was just making income in a hostel and she's nearly doubled her revenue which is crazy and all we did was just add a simple system to be able to collect emails and we started emailing people with offers you know something as simple as that so you know for me the biggest change that I've had and, and where I'm trying to focus now is actually helping the people who I want to help, but also want to be helped by me. And mm -hmm. that's really, really important. You know, so instead of actively going and trying to sell to people, you know, I don't have to sell to anybody anymore. I have people coming to me and talking to me because they know that, that I'm passionate in helping them and also transparent and honest because of the, of the content I put out. And my content is now aligned so that, it will be um, helpful to people who are my target audience as well as to just people in my space. And so the content I put out, they can see I'm transparent. They can see I'm honest. They can see where I'm coming from. 
And when I speak to clients about how I can help them, they know the person I am because of the content that I've put out and they, and they can kind of hear that. So they, you know, they, they don't care that I'm not, you know, making tons of money because they know that it's not about how much money you make. It's about what value you can bring. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my approach now for getting clients, and this is a, a really good tip to anybody out there who, you know, thinks that they know who they want to reach out to is I just have conversations with people now, you know, I'll put content out that will help people in my space, you know, and I'll also speak to people on a regular basis, you know, if there's somebody in a group that needs some help, I'll talk to them about how we can help each other. Um, if they have a question, I'll just give them tons of value. And eventually what happens is those people end up reaching back out to me, asking me questions. Maybe we get on a phone call and, you know, and you're not going to help everybody, but you know, one in 10, one in, uh, one in 20 of those people is going to be somebody that needs your services. And because you've given that value up front, you know, they're going to come to you and they're going to trust you. And that becomes easy when you're talking about the person that you want to help the right person. Mm -hmm. And and I think the challenge for entrepreneurs is, is to think about your positioning uh, is who is the person that you could speak up, you know, speak to every day. You know, if you were going to go and live on a remote desert Island and somebody was going to talk your ear off every single day about nothing but one subject, who would that person be? And who would you enjoy talking to? And I think when you can really dial that down, you'll probably notice that it, that it is actually very similar to maybe a, a route that you've been through. You know, I'm speaking to a lot of entrepreneurs who I've walked the same path as. So I have a lot in common with them and they have a lot in common with me. Mm -hmm. And that makes it very, very easy to speak to those people. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. And you're so right because, and that goes back to what what we've been talking about with the like the the valleys and the roller coaster of the journey. Because if you are connected, if you are talking to a subject and to a type of person that brings you joy or makes it easy for you to connect to your own joy, then it's going to be so much easier to to get that sense of community. Even if you are a solopreneur working on your computer, or even when you do get that those those things that feel like failures when they're coming in. 100%. And, and it is hard because entrepreneurship is a lonely road. You have to do a lot yourself and wear a lot of hats. But there are people out there that you can connect with. And that's the thing about it. When you realize who you actually want to serve, and then you start to connect with people in that community, you can sometimes be reaching out for help and support and accidentally get a client. And that's awesome when that happens. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So what do you, how do you like with your outreach, um, how do you manage your time doing that? Especially during this time where you've been, you know, working so hard to bring in the next clients and there's that, there's that like a little bit of anxiety about paying the next bills. How have you managed your, your free time that you're spending giving value when you know that you have this, um, this deadline? So it's it, for me personally, it's been very much about being structured because I'm the kind of person that can disappear into Facebook into a black hole and like look up nine hours later and be like, well, well, I really watched, you know, loved watching that Avengers trailer nine times, but yeah, yeah I'm hyped for the movie, but like shit, what work did I do? Right. So uh -huh. I think the trick is to be very, very disciplined. And, and I use a, an approach that a, a lot, I, I think um, I've seen a lot of YouTube videos that Elon Musk and people like that use called time blocking where I'll literally plan out my day the time before the, the day before and I'll say you know 9 a.m to 9 50 um, shower and breakfast uh, and then I'll do a 10 minute break and then from 10 till 10 30 we'll be interacting in Facebook groups now actually I, I wake up pretty early now so I'll wake up from five or six in the morning so I can get those two to three hours of undisturbed activity in and that way I can you know do all the stuff that I need to do before I start to get interrupted with clients and people who need my attention and messages on Facebook. 
and all that kind of stuff that can heavily distract you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll just go in and try and get as much of the bulk of work as I can do in those sections. So for me, it's about structure. Um, actually, the biggest thing that's helped me get success in the last couple of years, not just recently, is um, I follow a, a plan for setting goals, which is very, very simple. Um, I set 100-day goals because then every single day is 1% towards your goal. Mm. And when you just set three goals that you're trying to achieve, usually mine will be fitness, business, and personal. I'll have one goal for each. But when I have a goal in mind, so let's say my goal is to get my podcast to uh, 10,000 downloads. Well, what I do is every single day, I'm just aiming to do two actions that's going to get me closer to my goal. Just two. Now, most people have a to-do list that's as long as their arm. And the problem when you have a really, really big, long to-do list is that you start to look for the easy wins. You start because it feels good. You get, you, know, you get that rush, the, uh, the, I think it's the uh, endorphins or when you tick something off a list, right? When it feels like you're doing hard work. So you'll check your email and you'll do this and the other and the other. And what happens is you end up doing busy work, but you don't actually do any work that gets you closer to your goal. Mm-hmm. And that's how sometimes you can work for a month or two months solid and feel like you're not getting any closer to your vision of what you're trying to achieve. Now with the, <clears throat> with the approach that I'm using instead, every single day, you have to take just two actions, but those are two actions that are going to get you closer to your goal. So, you know, one of them might just be reach out and find a podcast guest. Mm-hmm. That's one action. The second one might be draft one of my podcast episodes. But when you start to stack it up, two actions every single day, very quickly becomes a lot of momentum. And that's how I've been able to kind of quantum leap a lot of the stuff that I'm doing into a very short space of time. And when you've done those two actions in a day, you feel like amazing because you've had these like big wins. You've been able to be really, really successful. Um, and that really gives you a lot of momentum as well. So that's probably the two biggest things that I've done is time blocking. So I don't get distracted and literally I'll, I'll not do anything, but that single task that's in that time slot. And I make sure to only do 50 minutes of work. And then I take a 15 minute break. I think that's what people say is the most optimal time. Cause I used to be, you know, I can work for four hours straight, but then my brain is dead for the rest of the day and I can't concentrate. Whereas if we take 50 minute increments, you can actually break it up a little bit easier. And my brain will last longer throughout the day. It's like brain stamina. <laughs> and what do you do for your 15-minute breaks? <laughs> Not that that's important, but I want to know. I've got a really cute dog. I like to kiss her a lot. That's cool. Um, for me, it's just drink a lot of water, get away from a laptop screen, walk around. Um, sometimes I'll do, if I've just done a very um, intensive task that's been very concentrational, sometimes I'll go and jump rope for five minutes. Sometimes I'll just go and walk outside the house, just get a bit of fresh air, just try and get away from, you know, the uh, distractions and the electronics. And and I always drink water on every one of those breaks. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a really good thing just to recharge yourself and just to try and um, get that little bit of break and just give your brain a little bit of a rest. You know, I think people get tempted when they go on a break. They're like, okay, I've done 50 minutes of work. Now I'll play on my phone and check Facebook. But you're actually using probably more of your brain's capacity and you only have so much capacity in a day before your brain runs out of processing power and starts to operate on like 40%. You know, I don't know if that's scientific, but that's certainly the way that I felt. You know, mm-hmm. you have a certain amount of decisions you can make before you start to get fatigued. And, and that's why, you know, you see a lot of the most amazing creators of all time, Steve Jobs, Einstein, you know, they would do simple tasks, like they would wear the same clothes every day. So they didn't have to make a decision on it. They would have the same breakfast. They would, you know, pretty much 
all the things that led up to when they got to work and they started their creative process, they don't have to think about any of those tasks. It was already done for them, planning your day ahead so you don't have to think about it in the morning. These little steps and little changes you can make can have a huge positive effect on how much shit you can get done in a day, you know? Mm -hmm. I love that so much. And what you, for me, that rings really true because I felt when I was first starting my business and I was like, you know, I wasn't connected to, I didn't really have an online community yet. Wasn't connected to, to a local community either. I was feeling a lot of anxiety about where, like knowing so clearly where I wanted to be and then getting just, it was like a negative loop of then being reminded, feeling like I wasn't making progress. And the cure to that for me has been to create a system, like to be extremely clear on what my goals are. So I have same like different categories. I have a wealth goal, um, a health goal and a relationship goal. And that's actually almost exactly what mine is, you know, business, personal and health. That's yeah. like the same three things, right? Right. Yeah. Like we all have, they're like these, they're very basic human needs that we just describe in different ways. Right. But, um, and then I create a system like a reverse engineer system of what's going to get me there. And so every day, like if I ever start to feel like, Oh no, today's like, there hasn't been any progress today. Then I just come back to like, well, did I do my two things? But I I'm learning from you, um, and being reminded by you to make my to-do list shorter. Um, <laughs> cause it just feels like, it can feel like you're, I'm trying to like shove everything in my mouth at once. Like, ah! and yeah. it's not it's like sustainable. Drinking, it's like drinking from a fire hose. And, and I think the thing that's interesting is that, you know, if I told you right now to write down every single thing you need to do in the next month, you would write a list as long as you're on, right? You'd have a hundred things on it. But what happens is you start to do a couple of those first steps and what you need to do next changes. So what you were originally for, on the first of the month was what you needed to do. By the time you get to the 25th of the month, you're not even doing that thing anyway. You know, mm -hmm. I had a situation last month where I was making a whole new website based around one thing. And then by the 15th, it's already changed onto something different, right? <laughs> so like, you know, and, and I and spent a good amount of time planning out email lists, what I need to do, writing out a draft, writing an outline for yeah. something that's never even going to get created. So yeah. there's definitely something to be said for, you know, just in time learning and also just in time action. Like you don't need to stay, you don't need to worry about step 27 mm -hmm. until you're at step 26. Like mm -hmm. literally just do the next step that's in front of you. And then once you've done that, then think, well, what's the next logical thing I need to do? And are you doing those steps well? Like stop something. That was another um, nugget from, from Stephen Larson at Final Hacking Live was we're just like, we're just like promo. <laughs> promo that guy is like promo. value bombs left, right, and center. Like yeah. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Like yeah. Boom. Yeah, but he said, I was in a circle and he, he told, he like yelled at everyone to stop learning, stop reading books, stop listening to podcasts, stop, <laughs> stop. Don't stop listening to yeah. I accept this one, except this one. Um, Don't stop listening to my one. <laughs> these two, these are the only two. It was in words of Stephen Larson. But, um, That's what he said. I heard him. He said it on stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's a big deal. So, and, and that was just so freaking freeing. Um, and also it was freeing and like an oh shit kind of kicking the ass at the same time because it gives you accountability of like, if uh, just imagine if I were taking all of the power away like all my brain power that I'm currently spending on planning and thinking about the future and if I reapplied that to me taking action today then would I get two times as much done three times as much done 
it's not even about what gets done as well. It's so much about speed. Like business is just speed. Like the quicker you can get to market and the quicker that you can put stuff together, like the sooner it's in front of your audience, the sooner they can give you a decision on whether they want to buy it or not. And the sooner yeah. you can make it better and, until they buy, you know, and, and that's so important. And, you know, I'm a big person that doesn't do that all the time. A lot of people are, and we get wrapped up in our heads about it. If you just do the thing as frequently as possible and put it out there, you'll have way more success than anybody else because we, we, you know, we second guess it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're so right. And it's like both of us have health goals as well. It's the same thing. Like with health, if anybody is, has health goals, goals going to the gym, it's not like you're going to have one workout that is suddenly going to give you a six pack or whatever your goal is. Mm-hmm. Right. There's not like the one workout that enables you to suddenly bench whatever. Like it, it's about showing up every day and, yeah. Um, and doing the little stuff. And like, imagine, imagine if you were going to go to the gym and what you did instead of going to the gym was that you planned out 28 days of what your gym workout was going to be. You did how many reps it was going to be, what the rest was going to be, what you were going to work on a specific day. And then you get to the gym and you realize I can't do back today because the guy's on the machine and it's not free. And like my legs are killing anyway. So you have to adapt. So all of that plan that you did was useless anyway. And that's what we do in business, right? It's the same thing. Yeah. But you wouldn't do that in the gym. So why do it in your business? Yeah. But also you got to the gym and now you only have half the time that you had anyway, because you just took all of it to plan. And now you only have half of that time because now you have to make a new plan for today. So it's like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it's in, but it's totally a trap because I think planning feels safe and is a way, at least for me, it has been like, um, yeah, like a fake, a false safety when I'm managing risk because it's like, it, it can be important to plan for your worst case scenario, whatever, so that you know you can, um, that you do have a plan in place for whatever happens. Yeah, I mean, planning as well. I mean, it gives you that chemical rush, like you're releasing dopamine because you're, you know, you're distracting yourself with something like that. And then yeah. you, and it feels like you're doing work. So it's literally a chemical rush to your body. Like it's, it's, it's programmed. It's supposed to do that to you and it makes you feel better. And instead, if you can realize that, hey, you know, don't brain brainwash myself with drugs by making myself feel better by planning, just start to go and do the thing. It does hurt. You know, f- you know, taking action and failing can be painful, but that's that's good pain because it gets you mm-hmm. closer to the end goals. Mm-hmm. And just like just like how when you get sore, it's because your muscles are growing. You know, yeah. so yeah, you have to feel a little pain to grow, right? Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, why don't you tell us? So obviously you are the kind of person who plays full out. Um, why is it, what, what is special about what your clients get when they work with you? I mean, the biggest thing is really like you just said, and, and I didn't even know that full out was an expression. We have like all in, in the UK, but someone said to me at Funnel Hacking Life, it's like, let's play full out. I'm like, I don't know what that means, but you're right. Like <laughs> when people work with me and, and it's crazy. And even when I'm not working with people, even if I'm just on the phone with them or giving them support or whatever it is, I'm always giving my all, you know, I'll follow up with people, I'll speak to them. And I think that's the biggest thing that will separate me apart from, you know, anybody else. And, and it's funny because we found that in the agency as well. You know, sometimes people would be like, yo, we usually just pay people for leads and they email us about it. And you're, you know, phoning up and trying to teach our staff how to sell better on the phone so we get more appointments. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, because I'm just so invested in the outcome and invested in helping the person, I think I just want to be able to help them in all of those different aspects. And that's really where the, the difference really comes in, if I'm being honest. I think it's just the way that I operate and the way that I help people. But more than anything, I think, you know, it just takes two people coming together 
to be able to see that they, you know, one person seeing that they maybe need a little help and that, you know, being okay to reach out to somebody who can help them and actually having the other person open up to, to receive that help is, is so important. And that is actually something which does limit a lot of people. So many businesses are scared to get outside help, whereas it can massively increase how quickly their businesses can grow, like mm-hmm. dramatically. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, yeah, I just I just received help from somebody who who totally, you know, didn't give me any pats on the back for how my Facebook ad is doing and it's like but but that's but but we have to be grateful because that's I don't know, it's just not about our ego, right? It's about how we're showing up in service. So, what is your current offer whether it's somebody in my audience or if they know somebody who is looking for whatever it is that um how you're going to transform their lives, then what is that? So I'm going to, I'm going to do something awesome because, you know, we want to do awesome shit, right? We're entrepreneurs. That's awesome. So I, I was previously selling um, a course called Product Launch Secrets. Um, it's priced at about $497, but I'm actually going to give that away for free. I've been giving wow. it away to people who've joined my podcast and I'm going to give it away to your audience as well. So if you guys want to get hold of that uh, course, that basically gives you all of the insights into how you can create a product really, really fast, yeah. but actually by doing it in a different order, everybody thinks it, you know, starts from an idea and then you create the product and then you go and sell it to the audience. I actually teach you to do it the other way around. It starts by selling what you think it's going to be first and then creating the product afterwards. And it can save a lot of time and also a lot of pain by not <laughs> creating something that nobody's going to buy. Yes, you guys, please go listen and do that right now, even if you're listening to this. Yeah, so if you guys want to get access to that, um, you can head to www.entrepreneurjunkie.co forward slash freebie, and you'll be able to get access to the product launch secrets for free. So if you guys want to check that out, you're very welcome. And yeah, the other thing is, you know, if somebody is listening and they're thinking, okay, well, I don't necessarily want to create and launch a product. I just want help with my business. You know, people can reach out to me via Facebook or Instagram at Jamie Atkinson on Instagram, just send me a message and we can always get on a phone call. More than happy to help anybody that's an entrepreneur that even just needs a 10 or a 15 minute call and a bit of a guide in the right direction for their business, you know? Yeah, that's so awesome. Guys, please do it because I I seriously hear and see people spending way too much time. Like we're talking months behind the scenes, creating products or freebies or, or Google docs or what, like all of these materials that they have never even spoken to a single client yet. And it is literally a drain on your money, your business and your sanity. (laughs) Your sanity. So please stop, go listen to Jamie and follow what he's given you in this awesome free course. So thank you, Jamie, so much. There were so many golden nuggets. Um, It was fun for me personally to talk to you, to connect with you. And I'm just so excited to see um, what's next and so excited to be part of you in the the 2CX, 2CCX family. Yeah. Thanks for bringing me on. This has been a lot of fun and yeah, I'm excited to see what the next year is going to hold. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) Woohoo. Okay, so today was crazy. I learned some things that I want to share with you. And obviously, I'm doing this podcast from my bed. You know how it goes at the Soulful Warrior podcast. And so these lessons, I was just doing my daily journaling as I get in bed. And there are just so many good nuggets that I'm just going to share them. Um, And... Because there's not, I could separate them out into, let's see, four different podcasts. But 
I don't know. I want to be an example of you creating content just as you go or of you showing up for things in your business or in your goals or whatever, just as it makes sense to you right now, right? Like there's no need to be overly analytical about it and think like, oh, I should separate this into four distinct um, separate subjects because I don't know, maybe that would make more sense, but is that what works for you best in this moment? So sometimes when I do things that might be classified as disorganized, I like to feel into that discomfort and then do it anyway because because I think about like, yes, I'm incredibly clear on my success and where I'm going and everything that I'm going to achieve. But I I always think about what story I want to tell about how I got there. So I don't want to get there by compromising my health, my relationships, my mood, um, or any of my values, right? Like, what's the point of being a quote-unquote good person in the world if you're a nasty person to yourself in your own mind or maybe to your family or your roommates or your dog or, you know, whoever is around you intimately. So I always think about how I want my, like what story I want my journey to tell. And then I live from that space. So this is an example of that because I am not judging myself about this. So here are just four lessons that I learned today. And then I'm sure that I will refund them. The first one is that when you are going after your dreams, your business, your goals, whatever it is, I want you to constantly ask yourself, what is this truly what you would be doing if you had one year to live? So, so many people, whether it's um, in entrepreneurship or corporate or whatever else, um, think that, okay, this is, yes, I of course I know my ultimate goal, if they do, uh, if they've done the questioning to realize their ultimate goal, but that's that's too you know i can't in order to get there i need to first excel in this job whatever i'm given i need to i need to um succeed within the system in order to be able to change the system right um or i need to make money in this way so that i can have the money to create the change that i want to later <sighs> oh dear yes so this trapped me for a long time but thankfully, not my whole life, right? I'm incredibly proud of myself for doing the questioning to exit this system. That being said, it takes continuous questioning to extricate yourself from from what's happening. And beca- because it's been literally ingrained in us, um, that doubt and feeling that we need to learn things, be certified, um, receive approval, um, have these exterior markers of success before we go claim it for ourselves. But this is why business um, and entrepreneurship is sacred is because when you are creating your, like you are literally taking something from an idea and putting it into the physical world, you are a full force manifesting. So as you're in this powerful creation zone, are you asking yourself, is this, if, is this my ultimate dream is this the one thing that if I knew I only had five years to live that I would that if I didn't start I would just totally kick myself for not starting (sighs) and I just want to tell you that it is safe to be radically you 
And in fact, if you were to commit to this one thing, and if you were to truly own that one thing, as now I'm owning mindset and spirituality and women's empowerment and working with women who want to help other women and to truly change the world. Because I'm owning and pulling into my reality today, my ultimate vision, then miracles are coming into place. Things are shifting faster. Um, I have a less dense energy about me. I am happier. Um, things make more sense. I know that more money is coming to me. Um, right. So just all this stuff because I'm, what's happening is I'm taking my ultimate vision and then I force myself, I like squeeze myself through a toothpaste tube and ask myself, am I living in alignment with that today? Like, is my business in alignment with my ultimate, ultimate vision? And if it's not, then you shift those, those pieces. And it feels very scary inside every single time I've done this. I felt like super afraid and I've had to get on a, a semi panicky but bashful call with my business coach and my, you know, the people who support me. Um, but the thing is that every time you go through this, you've been on the right path. So the actual action steps after you own this next step of who you are, they they get increasingly sm- smaller. I want to say smaller, but like, but it's still, it's still scary because you're stepping into who you are. And so if you're rejected for that version of yourself, then that's like the ultimate death, right? So that's why we cover ourselves up with certifications and qualifications and um, other people's programs and course collecting and um, being employed and all these things because it's, it's safety. So the next big breakthrough today was that dropping shame is the single biggest way that we can free ourselves. So I read an Instagram caption recently that was about dropping shame and how important that is to um, to our physical health. And I, it didn't really register with me at the time. I was like, I don't really know what that means. Like, what am I ashamed of? But in my physical body... Um, I have acted from a place of insecurity and, and have not felt safe in my physical body because of a fear of being attacked. And this for me runs really deep because my mom and my grandma would, um, give me lots of articles on like women being raped and, um, just like horrible things that happened to women from when I was very young because they wanted to quote unquote protect me. And I think that came from a good place, but it's also just showing, um, the, like the, the amount of fear that they were living in. Right. And so I want to choose a different reality for myself, but I have to notice this and work through that fear. So in that fear around associating my body with being, um, with being victimized, I became very um, shameful feeling. I felt shame about any kind of like showing skin or feeling sexy um, or if my body wasn't perfect. And so then when how it feels in my body when I don't feel perfect is like I want to cover up, I want to hide, um, 
I want to, I want people, I don't want people to look at me and I want to just like, yeah, I don't want them to see me. And then of course that affects my relationship with food that certain food items would be, would be good for me or it just, it just creates this limiting mindset around food, right? That like certain food is bad and if I eat this much or if I eat this thing, it's bad because if I gain this much amount of weight, that's bad because it shows that I'm lazy. But then at the same time, I'm gaining weight to protect myself from being too sexy because then I will incite somebody to attack me, right? This is, I'm saying this quickly, but this is literally taking me months of unraveling. Um, and so my weight loss plan, like when I have been losing weight recently in like in a good empowering way and my plan has been like yes of course exercise eat healthy um feel good but it's it's it hasn't been anything extreme because again I'm conscious of the story that I'm telling so I want to do this in a way that feels really good to me I don't want to say that I lost I don't want to be able to make a post that says I lost 20 pounds or whatever um and and have done it by grinding, by feeling really insecure about myself, by doing it from a place of hate, because then I know that I'm just going to ping pong back. So I have to do the weight loss from a place of love, and I have to rewire myself um, for my feeling of safety. So part of my affirmations is that whenever I notice myself feeling anxious or anything like that, I, I rub my heart and I tell myself, you are safe, you belong here. You are safe, you belong here. And I literally just rub it over and over and it looks kind of like I'm rubbing my boot, but that's just how it is. Um, and so I'm rewiring my feeling of safety so that it no longer, so that I can change this shame in my body. Um, and then I just wanted to make the connection that that this pattern, it shows up in in also in money and relationships. So how can we look at shame in like in any area of our life, it's just showing, it's just slowing us down so much because it's causing this like, this like positive negative. So we're judging things, we're judging ourselves. And then, um, and it's just like all this energy wasted that could be spent being in alignment and doing the right actions. So how this might show up with money is if you feel shame around debt or shame around how, um, not making it as much as you want, um, or shame around how little is in your bank account. If you feel shame, or even shame around how much you make. If you feel shame, then that's again a love-hate relationship. And if you just think about this stuff, like food, money, um, friendships, think about it like relationships. If you're in a love-hate relationship with somebody, obviously that's that's toxic. That's not healthy. Why would they want to hang out with you if you are constantly judging them what's good and bad? So instead of these things can just become neutral tools like money, food, um, friendships, that sounds a little cold, but like these people, these things, they're, they're here for us to grow. They are positive experiences for us to enjoy. And so when we're judging these things, um, the things are actually neutral, right? We're, we're really just judging ourselves and we're bringing negativity into our own space, into our own vortex. So wherever you have like a positive or negative charge around stuff, I just, I want to prompt you to look at that, that like, even if you're judging your own habits, like, oh, it's not good to stay up late or it's, I don't know. Um, 
yeah, that's all I got on my mind right now. Um, how you're judging your habits. It doesn't, it, it, we, it, we, you just like see if you can loosen it and unravel a little bit because dropping shame and dropping judgment is really what's going to free you to free all of us to move forward faster and create the life that we want to create without feeling like, excuse me, without feeling like we have to force it. Okay. And this leads me to my third point that our actions have to back up our manifestation. So um, this has been a gradual unraveling for me, which is super exciting. Um, my new daily routine is to write out all my goals. I usually have like three or four big long-term goals and then to identify the two action steps that I'm taking that day to move them forward. And sometimes I have days like today where I was in traffic and um, and then I taught an in-person workshop and like things just didn't go as planned and so I wasn't able to do those things. But but if in general, you're every single day you're taking actions towards your goals, then you're moving forward, right? Awesome. So please start doing that. But then the next part of this is beyond those action steps that you're taking, what percentage of your day are you actually in alignment with the future that you want to have? So for example, if you want to lose weight or like feel fit in your body, um, and then you write that goal out in the morning and underneath it, you write two action steps that, okay, I'm going to go to yoga and I'm going to eat a healthy salad. Okay, great. That's awesome. You do those two things, you're moving the needle forward. But what if on top of that, you also eat five boxes of crackers and um, talk negatively to your body and um, deprive yourself from human connection and... Um, and then are basically sedentary beyond that. Well, <laughs> that means that maybe 60, 70, 80% of de- your day, you are actually out of alignment with where you want to go. So again, if you, if, if your main goal is to make money, um, and you have a income goal for this month, and then you take two actions to move forward in the income goal for this month, that's awesome. But then if you look at how you spent your day, what were, what percentage of it were you stressed about money? Did you pay for um, for a latte or a coffee and then resent the $4? So that's giving a negative charge, right? Um, did you... Did you... Did you spend too much time in procrastination and self-doubt about you taking the action steps? So if the action steps to make more money are to go like pitch people, pitch new clients or or talk to people or post on social media or run your own uh, run a live stream, um did you did you doubt yourself about that and did you t- did you maybe force yourself to do it but the entire time you were doing it you were telling yourself that nobody's going to watch this and that your ideal client isn't ready to sign up with you or that your ideal client isn't in your audience or that you don't know where to find them or that they're not they don't have the money so maybe you did the things but they had a t- totally negative charge to it then then we're back to spending 80% of our day out of alignment with where we actually want to be 
So I just love this, um, this, this formula, honestly, for seeing how aligned you are. Um, because if you took like a, a step, if you took like a 15 minute analysis of how you spend your day, um, you know, and you want to move forward with your health or wealth or whatever. And, and then when you look at how you spent your day, 45 minutes of it was scrolling on Instagram, then are you in alignment? And to what degree? Maybe you are in alignment um, in terms of you're starting your business, you're clear on your vision, you're going to yoga, you're you're doing all the um, the meditation and the manifestation and all this stuff, but you're still 40% out of alignment, right? So this is, this is a formula for radical accountability. Where are you um, creating a negative story about how you're not going to get to where you're going and then how are you fulfilling that with your actions? But then the key, again, about, to this is to not let shame come in. So when you're looking at this, you're not allowed to judge it, <laughs> a rule here. You're not allowed to judge how in or out of alignment you are because, again, that's just going to slow you down. Any kind of shame or judgment, it just separates us, slows us down, causes over-analysis, and you don't actually want that to happen so why would you do it to yourself and that's like a whole nother topic and podcast of like how addictive it is to judge ourselves because when we're judging ourselves it's like it's like it almost feels good because it legitimizes why we're not where we want to be right because if we were because if our judgments weren't true about ourselves then that would mean that there's zero reason why we don't already have what we want. And that is terrifying. If we can't blame it on something or someone or, um, or a pattern in ourselves that, that, um, that we say is outside of our control, then that means that it really is on us. And, and that we're the only ones, we're the only reason why it hasn't happened yet. Okay. And my fourth note from today um, is the idea of going unconscious throughout the day. So a while ago, I started asking myself one of the questions I asked myself at the end of the day. Ooh, excuse me, it is late. Um, is where did I go unconscious? Because if I start my day with my goals and then... And then by the end of the day, I have, um, you know, just like gone off the rails and felt really distracted, felt really distracted and, and lost my, the mindset that I wanted to have for the day. Then I ask myself, where did this happen? And so the more we can become aware of our triggers and what's, what's kind of bumping us out like what is what is having an easy time of bumping us out of where we're supposed to be then we can plan for those and be more conscious when they pop up so that and then have um so that we can react better right so i've just been noticing so like the obvious triggers are things like family um um feeling shame around your body um 
comparing to your, yourself to other people on social media or what are other ones? Mm-hmm. Maybe not moving your body. Um, so like for me, if I don't move my body in the morning, then I'm, I'm like 50%, I'm at 50% of brain power. And so I noticed another one today that at about three or 4 PM, I apparently need to have some sort of big break. (laughs) Um, maybe it's just 30 minutes. It could be a meditation. It could be, um, another little workout. It could be a good conversation, um, it could be me just going out and laying on the ground and just like recharging with the earth. But that if I don't have this break in the middle of the day, then I kind of, I'd like stay in my, my workaholic zone and I just kind of unravel. And then I probably decompress by eating something that I don't need. So I just love that because it's such a small thing that sounds that, Sophie from a year ago would think that that sounds silly and that I should just like power through and um and you know I never would have been sensitive enough to notice those things but if we can notice where we're going unconscious even when it's not some big painful trigger then that is how we we regain our power and we come back into control so that's that's some homework assignment for you or or a question that you can be asking yourself um and this goes back into what percentage of your day are you in alignment right because when you're looking at what percentage of your day you're in alignment then you see where you go out of alignment where you get triggered or where you get bumped out so do you get tired at 3 p.m 4 p.m um should you not do more than a few hours of computer work in a row um, does this one person really stress you out? Do you hate to, do you always, um, like does traffic really trigger you or, or having to wear certain clothes? Like I hate feeling uncomfortable in my clothes that, that makes me tired faster. And it sounds so silly, but truly when we become aware of these things, then you can just work with yourself so much better. Like, I like to think of working with our own personality system like a river. So when we um when we force ourselves into a system that says that we need to compromise or that we need to like meet people where they're at, then often what happens is even if we're in a general situation where we like where we are and what we're doing, um we we end up compromising so maybe in a relationship um in a job on a team in an environment we compromise parts of ourselves because because we're told that that's what it takes to be a good teammate a good coworker whatever but then that just results in feeling like you're swimming upstream a little bit and so what if i just want to pose the question what if instead you radically accepted your strengths and weaknesses and you just double down on your strengths and you you said that this is what I'm going to be known for and you went forward with that 
Are you seeing what I'm saying? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? I hope so. So own and recognize what takes you out of alignment. Notice what part of your day you're not in alignment. Drop all shame around noticing these patterns because it's okay and because you can't change yesterday and because the fastest way to change them for tomorrow is to not have shame around them and because you don't want to give a negative energy, negative charge to any of these tools. And then start to just notice as you notice this pattern, ask yourself, how would the next version of myself change her day a little bit? What would look a little bit differently? What advice would she give me to change this pattern? And then as you pull these things into alignment and you shift just one day at a time, everything gets easier and you get to succeed more without swimming upstream. Okay, I love you. I hope you're having a great day. And I am going to go to sleep. Peace and blessings. Goodbye.